So, speaking of being mothers, have you ever felt like giving up? <laughs> have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you're wondering, all right, enough is enough? Um, oh, my wife has, and she's, she's felt that way with me. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've done something probably inappropriate. <clears throat> so, confession is good for the soul. Um, I've said something or done something, and she just throws up her hands like, okay, that's it. I'm done. That was the worst thing you've ever said or ever done. And my usual response is, uh, I don't, probably not. I'm pretty sure I've done something worse than that. And she agrees. <clears throat> Because she loves me. And that's how that goes. Um, but, man, it is so easy to get discouraged. It doesn't matter what you are engaged in. It doesn't no matter what uh, part of life that you're in. It is so easy to get to a point where you just said, I'm done. I can't try anymore. I can't go on like this. Being so broken being so wounded, being so worn out, being so empty. And if you feel that way, you are not alone. Because men and women have felt that way for years. Mothers have felt that way since Eve gave birth in pain to her children and watched them grow up to have her oldest son murder her youngest son and go, what did I do wrong? <laughs> right? That's, it's been with us from the very beginning. So you're not alone. And I, I want to point you to a passage that I beseech you to look at, to meditate on, to, to commit to memory, and have it maybe as a motto for your life, because I know for me it's a verse I go to over and over again. It's a verse that will revive the good work that is in you, and that you're called to. It will sustain you in that work as you're trudging along day after day and you're going, ah, this is hard. I go back to that verse and I find encouragement in that to go on and press on. And you may feel like right now things are going pretty well. You're not battling any massive major issues. And for that I say praise the Lord, but... You are going to want this verse because you will face discouragement. You will go through difficulties. And I want you to have the resources available to fight the good fight when the time comes. This is one verse from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. Here it is. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Can I say that again? It's just one verse. And that's where our message is coming from today. Let me say it again. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Let me pray for us right now. Father in heaven, on this Mother's Day, and Lord, and honestly, every day, we, we need this message. And I pray that you will make it alive.
to us in our hearts. That you will encourage us not to give up, God. I pray that we'll be able to see the light of your gospel. To see the goodness that you have given us. And the resources that you have provided for us in your word that are pinpointed right here. Give us hope. Give us comfort. Give us strength for all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This verse... Galatians 6, verse 9, it comes at the end of a letter that Paul wrote to a a group of churches in a region called Galatia, what we would think of as northern Turkey. And that part of the world was this region they called Galatia. And Paul had gone through that, that area and had established many churches around there and had told them the gospel of Jesus, had, had expressed that gospel to them and said, this is how you are saved. You are saved by putting your faith fully in Jesus. And in doing that, He then forgives you. He removes your sin. He makes you right before God. And it is only through faith in Jesus that you can have that experience and you can have that closeness with God. This is a message that he preached. But he begins this letter by saying, what happened? Why are you abandoning that message of the gospel? Why are you rejecting the good news? Why are you going to rules and regulations? Why are you, why are you putting burdens on yourself and on one another? Why, I would say, why, ladies, are you, are you on Facebook all the time feeling judged about how you're parenting? Or watching others go, oh, look at their beautiful family, isn't that? Yeah, it's called a filter. They're not beautiful. They really aren't. But we put these burdens on, and, the, and, the, and these churches were doing that. They were, they were putting this, this kind of legalistic, like, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to be like this, you've got to be like that. Forget the gospel. It's about all of these other things that you've got to get right. And if you don't get it right, you're not a good mother. You're not a good Christian. So... The point of Galatians then was to say, no, come back to the gospel. Come back to Jesus. It's, what, it's about what He's done for you. It's about putting your faith in Him. It's about finding your strength and your resources in Him. Don't lose sight of that. And so when he gets to the end of this message, he, or, or this letter, he talks, about, um, he talks about doing good. He talks about what is right. This this idea of doing good work is about doing what is good and beautiful. It's about what is attractive. There are are multiple words, in fact, in in verse 9 and verse 10, this, this phrase, do good or doing good, appears once and then again in in the next verse. Uh, And each time he uses a different word for good. One word is about what we would say would be um, objectively good. When you see something and you go, oh, I know that's good. Like when you go and have a Krispy Kreme donut and you eat it and you go, this donut is an angel. It's beautiful. I love it. It's good, right? 
Well, then there's what is, the next word he uses is, is good actions or good choices, what is morally good. And that's when we go by the, the, the donuts and we, and we make a choice, a moral choice, not to eat the donut. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just teasing you a little bit. But it's about, it's about the moral choices that we make. So on one hand is, is good, objectively good things. And then, he, and then he, and he compliments that with moral choices. Doing those things that are honoring to God, glorifying to God. In fact, in this, in this book, not only is... is Paul concerned about about the Galatians understanding the gospel. He points out the point of the gospel. It and if it, you don't have to look there with me, you can jot it down in your notes if you like. But at some point, take a look at at chapter one, verses four and five, when he talks about Jesus who saved us from our sins, delivered us from the evil age. He did it according to God's will. And it's to the glory of God, he says, forever and ever. He says in verse 10 of chapter 1, he talks about seeking the approval of God. Paul himself says, look, I'm telling you this message not because I want you to like me. Because I'm not trying to please people. I am trying to honor, please, glorify, magnify, make, make much of Jesus. And he says that there. And then in what could be considered a, a thesis uh, for this letter in chapter 2, near the end of chapter 2, he says, We know that a person is, is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. He says, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And again, in verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God. All of those things deserve to be unpacked and explained in in themselves, but all of those things point to Christ. All of those things point to God and what He has done. So the point of this verse, verse 9, is that we magnify Christ. We glorify Christ when we persevere in good works. He's calling us to not grow weary of doing good. He says, don't give up on that. And we can take it for that and take that as a motivational speech. Don't give up. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, keep running. You can, you can make it to the end. But it's not only what we do. It's not only our wills bent towards something that is beautiful or something that is right. But it's our wills being, being awoken by Christ. And it's our motivation and our heart being, I want to glorify Jesus. So, the question becomes, how do we do that? And really there are three things that I want to 
um, show you out of the text, out of this verse, that I think will help us know how to glorify Christ by persevering in our good works. And the first thing is that we magnify Christ when we persevere in good works together. Together. Notice what Paul says. He doesn't say, don't grow weary of doing good. He says, let us, let us not grow weary of doing good. He says something really important. That we are in this together. That we need one another. That, that we must persevere in good works together. We do that by encouraging one another. We do that by relying on one another. We do that by helping one another. That is, that is what we are called to. A couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I don't know. This last week was really long. I think it was last Sunday. Kevin stood up here and he, and he delivered a message from Acts chapter 2. Talked about the fact that God has made us a community that belongs together. We, when, he, when Jesus died for us, He didn't die for us individually. He died for us personally, but He died for us as a community. He died to make us into something beyond our own individual lives. We need each other. And, and as a river church, we make a big deal out of community. And Paul does too. And just in the way he expresses this one verse, he is saying, you need to rely on each other for help. You need to offer your help to others. What would that look like? What would that look like? Um, well, probably look like this. When Cheryl and I are traveling, I do most of the driving. And... Um, and occasionally, I, I will have um, I will have a route that I want to go on, and she'll have a route she wants to go on. <laughs> occasionally, I will have a a style of driving that she doesn't really jive with. I don't I don't know. Why, are you guys laughing? Do you guys have you guys watched us, or is this somehow familiar to you in your own experience? So, so what will happen is, occasionally I'll be going along and I'll be like, I know the way. We're going to go here, we're going to go there. And sometimes men, men do this. Some men don't want to be too, make too many generalizations, but we will refuse to ask for directions. And... How, how, how does that usually go? Super? Cheryl says super. She's being sarcastic. <laughs> so, so sometimes when we're, when, we're, when we're traveling like that, we don't want help because we got it. We got this figured out. I know where I'm going. As long as I have Google or as long as I have my instincts or whatever it is, we'll get where we need to go. That doesn't always work out well. Right? So there are times like that where we need to remind ourselves that in order to accomplish this, in order to persevere in this good work of getting to where we need to go, uh, we need help. We need togetherness. 
We need somebody to come alongside. We need to reach out. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, moms. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm mothering, I'm doing this, I'm struggling, I'm slogging it out. And then you come across something that's just frustrating you. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what's next. I don't know what I need to do with my child. There's a time to go 911 to the body of Christ. To ask for help. To look for it. To go, hey, what do I do in this case? What do I do in that case? Sometimes, sometimes, to, in, in order to apply this, we need to be like the, so in the case of moms, we need to be daddies, husbands, maybe grandmothers, maybe friends, those who have who have been on that journey a while. And we need to offer that help. We, maybe, maybe it's like, um, it's like at, the, at the end of, of, near the end of the movie, The Return of the King. Frodo and Sam are on the side of the mountain, right? And Frodo's been whining and complaining and crying the whole time. He's struggling, right? He's, got the, he's going, I can't do it anymore, Sam. I don't have any energy left. I can't, I'm not going to make it. And what does Sam say? He knows that that burden is Frodo's. <laughs> that burden is, is his. He can't, he can't bear that burden. He says, what does he say? I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Right? It's a really, it's an amazing moving moment in that story of togetherness, of friendship, of, the, of, of somebody coming alongside and saying, saying, Mom, I can't raise your kids for you, but I sure can lift you up. I can support you. I can love you. I can care for you. We can be like that. We can even just simply say thank you for what you do. We can say an encouraging word. You're doing good. Sometimes we just need to be, we just need to have the situation reframed. When, when my wife is gone, this is all going to you know where. I, I go, well, let's see if we can put a frame around it and think about, well, you are doing this. Well, isn't that good? Isn't that positive? Isn't that helpful? Sometimes just that encouragement, you're doing a great job, is, is what it takes to get a mother up the mountain where they can drop their kids off and no I'm just kidding. That's not that's not the application. But you see what I'm saying? Uh, men, men, maybe you need to pull out um, Proverbs and turn to Proverbs thirty one and read from verse ten to the very end, and when you get to that verse, it's around verse twenty eight and twenty nine, you need to say that to your wives who are who are moms who are struggling day in and day out, and tell them, many women do excellently, but you surpass them all. Because that's your woman. That's your wife. Tell them that. Encourage them in that. So, we magnify Christ, we glorify Christ when we persevere in good works together. But the second thing is, we do that, we persevere in good works 
when we do it patiently. Not only together, but patiently. So, so, so uh, Paul says this, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season. For in due season. I love that phrase, that word. The word in the original is kairos. It's a fun word. Impress your friends at parties with kairos. And what that means, time, but pictured as a moment. A moment in time. A season, if you will. Not, not necessarily a season like, this season is really difficult in my life right now. Because there are those. I mean, pretty much life is like that. Until your children grow up and are able to wipe their noses and other things by themselves, it's tough. It's really tough. But the season that he's talking about is those moments, those opportunities where something happens, where, where fruit is seen. I've been inspecting my, my, my cherry trees for three years now, and I will go out there and I'll go, is there any fruit? Are we going to have any fruit this year? And the first time I saw fruit, I was like, do, 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 do. And moment. <gasps> There's some fruit on there. I observed it. I felt good. It was like, oh my goodness, all the labor that I've done in preparing the ground and planting that. I, I see something there. I'm encouraged by that. Paul's saying, in due season, we will reap. We will see fruit. We will see something come from that. It might be like that time. Can I tell, can I tell this story? I think I can. When my wife was, was visiting with my two older daughters a few, a few weeks ago, and, and she came out of the bedroom and came to me, and she said, Oh, Michael, this was so wonderful. I was talking with the girls and ended up lying on the bed in between them and their two heads were on, my, on both of my shoulders and we were holding hands and I was just like, oh, that's so amazing. I said, and I, I think I said something like, so you, what you're trying to say is that that's what you've been, you know, shooting for? That's what you've been wanting to happen for now 18 years, right? It finally happened. Well, that moment, that, that, that moment of connection, that moment where you have a breakthrough, that moment where your child tells you something significant, they, they encourage your heart. They say, I get it, Mom. I, now I know what you've said. Or they reveal something that clearly was implanted by the gospel, by, by the, the nurturing that you've done. It's a beautiful moment. They don't happen very often. They're kairos moments. (laughs) They're like that. They're those moments of opportunity, those wonderful moments where where you see God revealing some, some fruit of your labor. The harvest comes once a year around here. And then it's over. In the meantime, the rest of the year, until that moment where the fruit is plucked, or the plant is dug up, or the vines are clipped. Until that moment, it's labor. 
It's when are we going to see it? When are we going to enjoy it? Don't give up. That's what Paul is saying. It will happen. So what could we do? <laughs> what, what would that look like for us? I, I, I want to challenge you, mothers and, and everyone who hears this. Initiate some moments. Be intentional about building in time, not just with with your children, but what do you want to see? Where do you want to see growth? Where do you want to see? Uh, where do you want to see fruit in your lives? The farmer goes. I want to see a harvest right here, and he's got a physical plot of ground, and he says, "I want a harvest right here." So what does he do? He sows seeds. So be intentional about the seed sowing. Be intentional about those moments. And then, like the farmer that Jesus describes in Mark chapter 4, who plants his field, and he, he lies down, and he gets up every day, day after day, and he says, I don't know all the science about this, this field. All I know is I planted the seed, and I tend it day after day, and it somehow grows, and there's a harvest at the end of it. So what does he do? And what did Jesus challenge us to do? Do it faithfully. And pray. Pray for the harvest. So let me challenge you to to glorify Christ while you persevere in good works together. While you persevere in good works patiently. As Jesus did for us. Galatians chapter for just in earlier in this verse as Paul's glorying in Christ and what he's done he says this chapter 4 verse 4 but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons there was a moment in time when God said it's right I'm just going to send Jesus At just the right time, Jesus came. At just the right time, Jesus died for us. At just the right time, the gospel spread throughout the the world. At just the right time, it came to you and me. At just the right time, you were here, present in this worship gathering to hear this message. And this might be your God moment. This might be the, the moment that God wants to do something in you. Either a seed being sown or fruit being observed. What is it? But finally, the, the last one is to glorify Christ by persevering in good works. And I'm just going to double up on this one. Persistently. <laughs> Persistently. Because the very last phrase says, if we do not give up. And literally, it's by not giving up. See, the farmer is not going to see the harvest if he gives up on the crop. not going to happen. I'm not going to see cherries growing on my tree if I give up on it and I just let it go and I quit tending it and I quit pruning it. Eventually, it's all going to go away. We must not give up. Persistency. So what would that, what would that look like? One thing is renewing ourselves in Christ. See, this idea of not giving up, Paul talks about throughout 
throughout uh, uh, the New Testament in several different places. And often he's trying to point out to us in, that, in those, those, those moments when he's saying, don't give up, or another way of expressing it is, don't lose heart. He's trying to point out to us that there is something going on that we, that we tend to neglect, that we tend to have blinders towards. When we're so focused on the problem in front of us, we're so focused on the struggle that we're having, and we don't lift up our eyes high enough to see Christ lifted up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says this. Chapter 4, verse 16, he says, So we do not lose heart, become discouraged, grow weary, give up. Though our outer self is wasting away. That's pretty, pretty a, a, a visual description of the experience of being so overcome by life and everything it's throwing at you. But he says, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Why could he say that? Why could he say that? Because, I'll, I'll tell you why, because he was in Christ. Because he was not relying on his own resources. He was looking to Jesus. At the end of his letter to the Corinthians that I just quoted from, he says this, Jesus came to me and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So what did Paul say? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that I have more of Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul's experience was, was Jesus is strong. Jesus is there. Jesus is for me, as we sang earlier. He is not against me. So we renew ourselves by remembering the gospel. I don't know what was going on in Galatia in those churches, but Paul wasn't very happy about it. He didn't have very many kind words to say to them. In fact, he had his harshest words for this group of churches. Why are you rejecting the gospel? Why are you turning away from that? And I don't know if that's something you need to hear this morning. Whether you are in Christ as a believer, you've, you've made that commitment, you've made that decision to follow Him or not. Maybe at this point, you've, you've done that, you've had that in your past, but you are struggling day in and day out trying to make it on your own. In your own power, in your own wisdom, by yourself. And you're frustrated because you're not seeing the harvest. So... Be renewed by remembering the gospel of Jesus and what He has done for you. What He has made for you. How He sacrificed Himself for you. Think about Jesus and what He did. The writer of Hebrews says this in in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. Verse 2, he said, We look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He founded it, and he is perfecting it. 
He is making us like Him through faith. He says, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What was Jesus' experience? This is going to be painful. This is going to hurt. But I'm willing to go through this for you. I'm willing to go through it for you mothers out there. And for your, the daddies and the children and the grandmothers and grandfathers and the rest. I'm willing to do this for you. Jesus, if I could put it like this, Jesus didn't give up on you. Don't give up on what He has called you to do. Don't give up on the calling that He has on your life. What's the result of all of this? I said this. It's not really in the verse. But it's, it's in Galatians. It's part of the whole theme of this, of this letter. That to to live according to the gospel, to look to Jesus, to, to, to sow the seeds of goodness, to not give up in, in doing good, is to glorify Christ. Galatians 6.14, he says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're about as a church. That's what Paul's about. That's what, that's, what, that's what every believer is about who's put their faith and trust in Jesus to glorify Him so that, as Paul said in another place, so that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do everything to the glory of God the Father, giving thanks to God through Jesus. What good work are you engaged in? <laughs> Mommies, you already, you know. <laughs> you know what good work you're engaged in. Men, uh, others, what good work are you engaged in right now? And let me even challenge you on this. What good work have you neglected? What good work have you abandoned because it's been too hard? It's been too fruitless. Would you look to Jesus? Would you find your strength in Him to do what it is that God has called you to do together, patiently, persistently, for the glory of Christ in the world? Let's pray. Father in heaven, so grateful for what you have done. So grateful for how you have made us. So, gr so grateful for the calling that you have put on our lives. Lord, I pray, God, that you will help us to, to not give up. Father, we need the encouragement of the gospel. We need the encouragement of the Spirit. We need the encouragement of one another, Father, to fulfill the high callings we have, that you have on us, excuse me. 
Father, I, and I pray once again for our mothers that you will bless them beyond measure, that you will do things in their lives that, that just blow them away with your presence, that help them to see, God, that you are with them, that you have not abandoned them, that you are with us always, even to the ends of the age. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.